So we here at Eye to Eye are glad to have a brand new array of partnerships and sponsorships, local and otherwise. And this episode is going to be brought to you by Janique Locks. This is my homegirl, Regina, who takes care of my hair. Y'all see how good that looks, right? Anyway, yeah, so she specializes in all kinds, dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, lock extensions, instant locks, interlocking, and more. If you are in the 757 and you're interested in potentially starting this process, don't hesitate, man. Go ahead and visit her. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at Janique Locks, and that is G-E-N-I-Q-U-E-L-O-C-S. Again, Instagram at Janique Locks, or why don't you go ahead and visit that website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, now let's get to this podcast, yo. listening to this podcast as we assume that it would be the evening <laughs> why would we assume that i have no idea just go with it anyway. nobody listens to podcasts in the evening that's when they watch tv bro hmm. listen i'm listening not in the evening no. do you not understand the power of that which is the dvr yeah but that's what i'm i'm doing at night i'm watching the dvr no yeah Podcasts are for the daytime and commutes. I guess you got a point. Yeah. All right. I digress. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Welcome. Welcome, welcome uh, to another episode of I to I. Short for Inspire to Inspire. The podcast is all about being open, honest, and real, about having conversations of life and faith. And we, of course, as always, are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to. And right now, people are trying to take us there. <laughs> they sure are. They're doing everything in their power. Bruh, I'm looking at everything that just, uh, yeah, we have a fun time. We'll have a quick fun time, but a fun time. Talking about schools and um, talking about movies. and Talking about uh, Fred Rogers getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Wait, no. No, that was years ago. Somebody hey. else got it this time. There you go. Oh, well, man. you said people are trying to take us there, and yeah, I'm, I know, I know, I know. But uh, I'm just gonna Michael McDonald my way over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't say actually. You know what? You can say Michael McDonald. This is I can, and it's not. It's the juxtaposition of understanding mm-hmm. Michael McDonald in the black community, and that's why I, I said that. I know. You know, like Happy Black History Month, but. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, like Michael McDonald and Bob he's, James. Are, he's beloved. They're the they're the two like biggest influences yeah. on music yeah. during like the eighties and nineties. Uh-huh. No, for, I for, select for my white like my white people carefully on this show. Yep, yep. <laughs> Gotta make yeah. sure we do that. You know, and I'm yeah. actually I'm really upset at myself. The one thing I haven't done yet for Black History Month is uh, 
every single day, almost. I used to play uh, the the spoof, not a spoof, but like a skit on Saturday Night Live. They did called uh, Twenty Eight Reasons. You ever seen that thing? Yes. Oh yeah, my you showed it gosh. to me. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's, I wanted to make sure you yeah. understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so great. Oh, still. I have. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> funny enough, there's some stuff on the news similar to that. Oh yeah, 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 point. yeah, yeah, yeah so. maybe not news, but no, it was definitely something we saw, right? Yeah, nah. hmm. yeah, yeah. So happy Black History Month, everybody! Yeah, one hundred. So glad to be able to celebrate something that, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions, thankfully, should be celebrated year round. Uh, but nonetheless, it is cool that we take the time out. Uh, to really like get to it. Listen, you take your twenty-eight days. Every four years, we give you an extra oh, one. I was like, pause out, okay. no, pause, bro. Every, it's this twenty-nine is one of those this year. years. Twenty-nine this year, my guy. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know that does. That's still just that. I don't know. I feel like the only thing I get out of that is questioning people who have leap year birthdays. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a guy. Yeah, people yeah. born on the 29th. So like, what? He's fifteen years old. Uh, no, he's probably like. Like 12. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he still acts it too, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I bet. That's, that's why I was so curious. I'm like, okay. So, because I'd, I'd be ticked off because this means I technically don't have a birthday. Yeah. You know, nobody's right? going to celebrate me. And <laughs> that's why a lot of people think I'm, I'm a leap year baby because I still act like I'm 12 too. So, I will neither confirm nor deny that. Um, Even though if I'm 12, I'm a lot older than I really am. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we got um we got a night tonight. We actually uh we're gonna follow up on something that we started up on the last week. We we're talking about an article and um uh, it made reference to uh African Americans, African American males in particular, uh that uh, we are tied to a social stigma uh that would mandate that we do not show emotion. Uh, that we are not affected by things uh, that we pretty much suck it up and move on. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play uh, the, the actual conversation that we started, and then I'll kind of take it from there. Uh, there was an article that came out today uh, from something called The Grio. Never seen it before. The amazing uh, thing that, that Facebook does now is everybody sees all these random things and they repost it. <laughs> I'm sure some of them don't even read what they're reposting. One of my favorite things is to look these things up and then just put a fact check on there. And that's my comment. Yeah. Because it's like, what? The fact check. Or my favorite thing is um, somebody put something up there. Uh, I can't even remember exactly what it was. And I mean, it was cool because it was justified. It was something I really, really liked. Um, yeah. But it happened eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, y'all, y'all post this like it was fresh. Like, yeah. Bro, well, or or they post stuff that what's really hard is when you agree with something mm-hmm. and then you dig into it and you're like, wait, so there was like there was one recently, not the bunny trail, but it's relevant because of what you're bringing up. Right. Somebody posted something about uh, Trump signing in uh, a bill to allow prayer back into schools. And I'm like, I don't I don't remember that. And I followed politics pretty closely. I'm like, I don't remember that at all. And it was a link to YouTube. And you're like, oh, there must be like a video or something. Well, you click on the link and it's just like, it's just audio or something. It's not even a video of him doing it, even though the picture is. And then I'm looking this up and it's like completely false. First of all, prayer's never been mandated out of school. You can still pray in your school. You can still pray in, in the mornings. You can have prayer clubs, religious clubs, whatever you want, as long as it doesn't affect your schooling, which is yeah. true of, of everything. 
Yeah. So he didn't sign like th- that's even, never been a thing. I remember well, yeah, and they even promote the National Day of Prayer. I yeah, because I participated in that pretty much so, every single time they had. So I'm like, well, that, and so I'm looking it up, and it's like th- this is completely false. And so the hard part is, you want to be like, oh, well, that that's neat, but at the same time, well, why are we giving somebody credit for something that didn't actually happen? And that's where. Facebook is is <laughs> I got I'm telling you people you got to be careful because you can have a, a false idea of who somebody is and I'm I'm all about promoting people when they do good but why the heck do we need to make stuff up? No. <laughs> and that has been our 30 second rabbit trail. Yeah, sorry about that. Nah, you're good. Um, but yeah, so uh, there was an article that came out and it it, it did come out today. I, I checked. It's, right. It's real. It's good. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the the article. Uh, address something that is actually really near and dear uh, to me, and it's uh, it was entitled "What Kobe's Death um, Taught Me About How Black Men Mourn." Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Really?" <laughs> uh, and it was crazy that because uh, the author um, uh, is it somebody called Blue Telusma. I don't I don't know this person um, by any means, but they wrote a really really good article. Uh, it's not an op-ed. It's just a straight fact. I feel like um, I remember hearing about this or maybe even reading it eight years ago when you brought it up because I remember this being a thing <laughs> about, no, seriously, about yeah. like society doesn't allow men to show emotion in the same ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he basically, he told the story of uh, what, what what happened Um with him and some friends of his, like when it went down, like that day, like yeah. pat, this past Sunday. Um, and he kind of walks through the whole thing. And he said, like, while he was doing that, he just, he recognized uh, that some of the guys that were around him, you know, most uh, pretty much all black men um, were, were choked up and really kind of like, they were just, they were kind of ambiguously unaware of what they were trying to do to process. <laughs> like they didn't really know how to process. Um, right. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like that's, no, because their whole life they've been told, exactly. you can't process it this way. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he, he breaks it down. First, he starts talking about, um, you know, and uh, how he'd had a lot of, of, of mourning uh, to, to, to do over the last two years. But in this process, uh, in his lived experience, uh, he understands that there is death and that there is sudden death. Uh, he's like, both are painful, but the latter has an extra bite uh, that leaves you feeling as if you've been betrayed by time. And yes. also wishing you could go back and savor the moments yes. uh, that you previously took for granted. And, you know, so he starts talking about that. And it seems very, you know, kind of poetic in a sense. Uh, but then he gets down to the nitty gritty of, of the understanding. And he even talks about how, you know, Kobe was the inspiration that he was. And not just that, but it was a reminder that he was the second chance that most black men don't get. Uh, from some of the instances in, at the beginning of his career. Yeah. Um, and yeah, how, that's I, true. I do believe he was covered by grace. And I think it was because of the reason that we all feel the way we feel yeah. that it was that. Um, but, you know, breaking past the whole mama mentality piece, he starts talking about um, how it's okay to cry. And I'm trying to find uh, the spot um, in particular. Uh, here it is. You should never have dead space on your podcast that's okay kidding. that's why i can yeah. edit i know it's a beautiful thing uh <laughs> but um yeah it's like uh it's an intimation uh they said they felt uh, he was asking a bunch of guys how how they were processing what was going on right um and he said intimation they they said they felt blindsided and deeply wounded to lose someone they identified with so intimately once on went so far as to explain 
uh, that he felt society needed to let them have this wake for Kobe. Let us play our pickup games in his <laughs> honor. Let us hug our children. Let us kiss our wives. Let us dap our friends. Let us cry together and surprise everyone who doesn't think that we're people. Ooh. And I was like, wow. Okay. So, you know, I mean, when you say that, that's, I don't know, it, it's wild. Like, there's some other stuff I really wanted to read up here, but when, when I heard, when, when I read that, like, I could, I could hear him saying that. Yeah. I could hear him saying that to me, and just to think about, I don't know, um, I, I, I'm not one of those people who harps on, on my quote-unquote black experience. Right. You know, but I do know. You know, uh, that in this lifetime, you know, I've, I've been called words. Um, yeah. In this lifetime, I've been profiled. Um, and by that, I do mean racial profiling by yeah, being sure. pulled over by uh, officers and, and potentially spending the night in jail had it not been for certain situations that came up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've been looked at certain ways. Uh, I've, I've dated interracially, and some of the parents were not fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just I, I've I've experienced a lot of different things, uh, but what I what I've also gathered from that was that even when there were folks that I knew and loved, uh, they cared for me. Um, you know, I can consider them really good friends or really good family. Um, if they were not African American, uh, I'm I'm guaranteeing you that we've we've had some awkward moments and awkward episodes sure. because they had some assumption of of me and who I was. Um, and then I would do something that was totally not in in their mind's eye of, of what I should have been or should have done, and, and they found some kind of issue with it. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, call me old-fashioned, but uh, something about books and covers and, and, and not judging them by them. Uh, yeah. I just, I yeah. really, when I read this, I was just like, oh, wow, like, we're still here. Right. Um, and the reason why this came up was because I guess so many people were reacting to uh, all the different NBA players, uh, especially on the night of, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like, you know, you found out that somebody passes away, uh, and I guess they think that we're just supposed to kind of stand there and just be like, oh, that happened, you know, I'm gonna, you know, that sucked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get a, you know, now they're probably just waiting for all of us to get um, the T-shirts, with the airbrush with, with Kobe on them, or something like that, and then maybe we'll get like a tattoo <laughs> or something too. Um, yeah, you know, I, I put the sticker like, on the back of your car. Exactly, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the big RIP yeah. window with, and stuff. with the yeah. with the years and yeah, yeah, of, right. of course. You know, I mean, um, but but it's it's wild to me that that some people would think that that's crazy because I think who was it is a. Uh, um, the Houston uh, Rockets, like they they had them plastered all over because they, they were one of the games too. And just looking at Tyson Chandler, looking at oh, PJ, man. um, looking at um, and even looking at Austin Rivers, you know, because you know Doc and, uh, and yeah, Kobe they, were, they tight. were tight, yeah. yeah. And just listening, yeah, listen, that was the thing. Listening to Doc Rivers oh, in that interview, like there's so many things. Just <laughs> no, nothing like, gets me, me like seeing a grown man cry. Yeah, yeah, like, you know be, and and that almost touches on this story, right? Because. Right. It, it is something that we don't accept societally mm-hmm. as normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't accept that as this is a an everyday thing. So when you see it, it's so much more powerful. Yeah. In a way, and and yeah, in a way, I guess that 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 shouldn't be that way. No, right? it really shouldn't. Right. It shouldn't. And and that was the whole thing. That's why I loved reading it. And I mean, I guess I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it because people really need to hear this. Um, you know, uh, and it talks about us in general, and, and and that's something I can speak to as well because I know that you know black women are some of the strongest women I know, um, and strongest people I know yes. when it comes down to it. 
Uh, and I'm not really trying to compare apples and oranges. No. Um, everybody is different. We all have our own strengths. Uh, we all play to certain strengths. We also have weaknesses. So I'm not really trying to compare before somebody gets in my face about that. Right. Um, but what he says, though, I need you guys to listen to this. Um, it says, uh, black people are probably some of the proudest and most unflinching humans on the planet. And our men in particular excel at this. As a result, many of us uh, women, uh, okay, so blue is a woman. Okay, thank you, because I wasn't sure blue was a man or a woman here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, can go years uh, or perhaps even a whole lifetime never seeing the brothers around us shed a tear. The side effect of this is we end up forgetting how vulnerable and human they are. Right. And so, you know, um, it just kind of speaking to that and then using my little biblical lens, uh, I, I made note of this. You know, I've had a lot of uh, mentors and leaders and, and, and friends uh, in my world that were able to shed a lot of light, um, give me a lot of wisdom to the point where I can say now that I'm gladly the exception and not the rule of this. Like, you know, no, I have a high threshold for pain and all this other stuff, but if I see the right thing, I will cry at the drop of a dime and I don't have a problem with it. Right. You know, because I know that's a big part of emotional health. Um, but at the same time, though, uh, I do feel like there is a stigma. Um, and you know what? What are we going to call this? Stereotyping? Yes, we are. Um, there's a, a stereotypical stigma attached to the expectations of certain people. Sure. Um, and I feel like the biggest ones are black men and black women. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's not to diminish anybody else's, but uh, there's just a, a, a certain, or it's not even an ordeal, I don't really know what to call it, but there's a certain part of um, the black experience in the United States of America uh, that just seems like it is very diminished yeah. um, or it's, it's very dismissed. And I feel like it's one of those things where if people would allow us, I'm just going to say it that way, to have the conversation with them, it would it would give them a perspective and maybe even an appreciation right. um, uh, for us that would be life and or potentially world changing yeah. uh, for, for, for some folks. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where... Um, I don't want. I don't ever harp on it too much, but you know, I have. I have a lot of. I mean, you're 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 one of my closest friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, I, folks like you, you you ask the questions for the understanding. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, um, I could get in. I I really don't care. I could just say that I could get in trouble for this because some people are like, dude, what do you mean? No, listen to me. Listen clearly. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends in my world that are not African American do not ask these questions and therefore they do not understand. So when something comes up, right. like for example, it was crazy um, at my job and I'll just <clears throat> leave the phrase at that. Uh, there was a, we were celebrating one of our coworkers who was not from this country uh, getting their green card. And one of the things they want to do was they want to make this whole deck out a whole office in red, white, and blue. Right. And, uh, the person came in and they wanted to make sure that the Star Spangled Banner was playing <laughs> when they came in. You know what I'm saying? I you, mean, didn't, you didn't kneel, did you? No, no, no. Okay. No, I certainly right. didn't okay. kneel. Let's see what you did there. Um, but no, here, here's what happened, though. They were trying to find something, I guess, on a YouTube uh, channel or something like that okay. uh, that would play the Star Spangled Banner when they came in. Yeah, and they happened yeah. to find this real old school uh, playing um, that actually had the lyrics being sung as well. Okay. Well, if you know anything about the Star Spangled Banner, when you get to the third verse, there's some things in there that are very pertinent to um, African history and slavery and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I'm just going to be perfectly honest yeah. with you. And so there's myself and there's another African-American male in there. And he's very aware of it as well. Right. And so, you know, at first we were kind of joking around about, you know, maybe you can just yeah find something else or stop that early, please, or something like that. Um, but America the Beautiful or something different, maybe. Yeah, I no. don't know. <laughs> but we were getting to like the, the middle of the end of the second verse. And by that time, like I was actually a little stone faced and I was like, no, could y'all please, can, can y'all shut that off? Right. You know, and, and the reason why I, I felt like I had to do that. And there was one person in the room that finally realized, okay, I see what you're saying. And they cut it off. Uh, it was because I love my people that I work with, but some of them are flat out ignorant yeah. to that. And I'm yeah. not holding that against them by any means. Right. But I am trying to say, hey, listen, let's have a conversation. Maybe there's some things you can learn that will make you not sensitive, just understanding. I don't want people to be sensitive to me. Come on, let's get serious. I don't want people to walk on eggshells when I'm around right. them. You don't want you don't want your safe space. No, I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You know what right. I'm saying? I just I, because that's the thing. People fear what they don't understand, and then right. that fear right. turns into hate. Yes. So you know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's get rid of that. Yes. Let's put ourselves in a position where we can be like, okay, I really want and need you to know me just like I really want to know you. So let's learn each other. And that's how we can love. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's probably why people get divorces because people don't want to learn to love each other. They just, well, it's also hard. Understanding requires a level of commitment Mm -hmm. and it requires work. Right. A lot of work. And unless you're willing to not only be okay with your worldview being changed. And that doesn't mean that your worldview was necessarily wrong. Yeah. Because a lot of people have a hard time with realizing, well, I was wrong, you know, and, and not wanting to admit they're wrong. We're seeing a lot of that in society right now. Um, that does not have to equate to wrong, but it, it does equate to why wouldn't you want to be better? <laughs> why wouldn't you want to improve? And having a better worldview and having a, a better understanding of what people have been through and maybe why they feel the way they feel or behave the way they behave, why wouldn't you want that? Right. You know, and a lot of it boils down to, like you said, the unknown, something they're not comfortable with. That It's very scary, right? I mean, that's a fearful thing. So you're dealing with something that's unknown. You're also dealing with the fear of, well, maybe I'm going to ask the wrong question. You know, thinking about what we were addressing, I think that we kind of got off topic and on topic at the same time. Um, And I think that was absolutely necessary because, again, this is one of those things where if 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 we're looking at this from a bottom line perspective, um, assumptions only do one thing. That's in my personal opinion. And I think I know what that (laughs) is. It doesn't make you rich or anything like that. And I think that right now. We live in a in the United States of America. We operate in Gotham's. We roll in rural areas where uh, you expect one thing, and you operate under that expectation. And so, um, imagine what life would be like if you didn't do that, and you were pleasantly surprised when you had a conversation with someone uh, who was from Kansas, and they didn't have um, a. I don't know, let's use some extreme stuff. Like what people used to say, slack jaw, yokel, nonsense, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, because seriously, yeah. I mean, when you see TV shows and when you see commercials, when you see all these different things, everybody is portrayed in a certain way. It's a certain light. Everybody right. has to have a certain image. And then you just kind of run with that. And all of a sudden, 
that's really what, I mean, I've seen this. You've seen it. You walk down the street. Yeah. Um, I, my, my favorite thing is I leave, I love being uh, a large African-American man. Um, in the summertime, I like wearing tank tops mm-hmm. and I have tattoos. And so mm-hmm. um, I'll be in certain areas and I know when I go there, um, we have a, a place over here in the 757 Virginia Beach called Hilltop. And in Hilltop, <laughs> <coughs> yes. there are individuals, um, slightly higher tax bracket, usually Caucasian. And I'm not saying they're mean people or anything like that, but I am saying they-, they Slightly see, higher age demographic they, as yeah, well. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And they'll, they'll see me and, and they don't clutch their purses and walk across the street, thankfully. But sometimes the mindset would be that they think that I am- um, I'm in the wrong place. Yes. Well, uh, like, you know, Francine will whisper to Florence, I didn't know it was college weekend. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, I don't know, that's always been funny to me. Or um, sometimes I'll uh, I'll drive for, for Uber, shots to Uber for giving me a, a half a paycheck every now and again. Um, and uh, if I pick somebody up in that area, too, we'll sit there, we'll have a conversation and they'll They'll ask if this is my main job. Some of them will actually just assume it's my main job. It's okay. I'm not mad at it. Um, and then I'll tell them exactly what I do. I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a professor for a Bible college. Boy, the you're a pr- faces. You, you're what now? I, I was just about to ask you when the warden wanted you back. Yeah, no. No? I mean, they don't ever say that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, but uh, no, just the, it's funny because it usually invokes in them one of two things. Either way too many questions or absolute <laughs> silence. <laughs> Yes, and I'm just like you know I can I can do both I don't mind I, I love having conversations so if uh, if I could educate somebody yeah. on not judging a book by its cover uh-huh. not saying that directly I love doing that or if they realize oh shoot I done done a wrong thing I, right. I let them sit in their silence and, and reflect on that mm-hmm. as well so well and know. and sometimes you know one of the things that uh, I learned going through the community group with you is that there was a book that we read. Uh, talking about color blindness and now, uh, you know, color what c- color blindness, C- color what? Yeah. Yeah. And how that's, that's something that people think is something that needs to be corrected. But in reality, it just needs to be more like color understanding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So in embracing other people's cultures, embracing what's different about us and not being freaked out by the differences, but just understanding, Oh, it's different because of this. Oh, it's different because of that. Oh, it's, you know, it's a cultural thing that there's nothing wrong with, our differences. Not everybody has to be the exact same <laughs> yeah. mindset. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah. I don't know. I tell people I liken it to uh, the culinary experience of a different uh, ethnicity uh, because, mm-hmm. bro, I don't care what you say. If you were in the land of hamburgers and French fries, mm-hmm. and that's all your people ate, yeah, and they didn't know any other type of food, and that's all you continue to eat. After a certain amount of time, you're going to lose your mind and want to eat something different. And what are you going to do? you going to just sit there and take it? No, you're finally going to go someplace and, and try some Chinese food or mm-hmm. maybe try some other kind of food. And mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's funny how we can always be a huge fan of different kinds of food and not give the proper appreciation to the people that created it. Right. <clears throat> like that makes zero sense to me, even if it's not the real food food. Like, for example, I was listening to a TED talk one time about a, a lady that was Chinese and she was talking about how American Chinese food is not Chinese food at all. Um, it's been Americanized. Uh, it, right. Um, the, the like, you know, the the animal context and content 
mm-hmm. is, is non-existent. Like in their culture, they have, you know, tongues and oh, and, yeah. and blood and, and yeah. all these other things sitting on your plate and you just eat it. And mm-hmm. in our culture, we have uh, fried sweet things that have red pepper flecks and, and sesame on it. And, and all of it's fried and, yeah. and delicious. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's beautiful. I can't have it now. God bless you, keto. Oh, um, go, but still, but that, but that's the whole thing. Is just like eventually you have to come to a point where you realize that just like those foods are kind of complementary to to the palate, and they kind of universalize things, and they give you a, a different perspective. Um, people do the same thing in your world. You know, they bring in new colors, they bring in new mindsets, they bring in new experiences, right? Um, and they make life. And this is what I love about it: they make life four dimensional. You know what I'm saying? Right, and so right. why not seek to understand those things like the see, the touch, the hear, the smell, the taste, you know, of, of their life. And then it's not about comparing it to your life. I just like the fact that you can kind of engraft certain things, you know, like mm-hmm. my, my favorite people. Um, a lot of Filipino folks in this lifetime have fed me. And it's funny because everybody knows pints and lumpia, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, for all intents and purposes, why not? Yeah. That stuff is, is dope. But, um, exactly. But <clears throat> then there's things like Calderetta and uh, there's a, what is it? Galang Galang. I think there, there's, there's so many different things that I've tasted. And shout out to Tron, which is basically plantain fried, fried, wrapped up. And some little sugars, like yes, they're like pastry dessert type of deal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that you don't see, the things that you don't know. Um, and the more that you continue to learn, the more you continue to appreciate. And it's not just about again, it's not about the food. I'm just I'm I'm leveling it into something that everybody can can really understand and also making myself extremely hungry <laughs> in the process. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's just like now I, I I also understand my roots. And I'm not trying to be the the talker in this, but you know, I I'm I'm filled with this one because People got issues with race and ethnicity, and we need to talk about them. And I even told myself this year, we will talk about race. Um, but, uh, you know, my roots are not just black. As most folks, roots aren't just whatever ethnicity that they are. Right. You know, I understand that my father is mixed. He's half Puerto Rican. Um, I understand that my Puerto Rican grandmother is not full of Puerto Rican, that her father came from an island above South America called Curacao. You know what I'm saying? And then I understand apparently that um, his father uh, is it was a Dutch Jew or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. this, uh, somewhere in there, you know, that there's a lot of that. And I also know that apparently he was a little loose, and I might even have Chinese uh, relatives because he was getting it on a lot. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, but but yeah. as, I mean, as funny as that is, though, that's uh, what I'm saying. Right, like, right. What what if I didn't understand that stuff about me? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. What if I didn't know about that? Right, you know, or that my my other granddad was from the West Indies, or that there's an Indian, possibly that there's Jamaican. There's all these different things, and they mm-hmm. all help to make me. What if I didn't appreciate that stuff? Right, you know what I'm saying. I feel like a lot of us are ignorant to that, and not in a negative sense. It's just one of those things where we need to take the opportunity to learn. The negative is saved for those other folks who don't know it and because they don't know it they don't tolerate it you yeah. know what i'm saying but you know god showed us so much in in the book of luke especially um with the birthing of the church that there are the jews and the gentiles mm-hmm. and um the gentiles literally means everybody else when it comes down to it all these other different nations that they were interacting with right you put them all together and all they do is love one another worship together eating together people start getting married mm-hmm. and you don't know what to call them we start calling them christian and christian isn't just the understanding of the faith it is also the development of new ethnicity right because you know, what else are you going to call them yeah. they, they all they don't all look the same but they're all the same people and they call themselves family and they live in community right. that's what it's all about well you said something interesting about people being 4D when you kind of step outside your own little box and 
you know, one of the, obviously it's a quote that plenty of people have heard, but from Mark Twain where he says, you know, the, the greatest cure for prejudice is to, to travel, you know, get outside of your own box, get outside of your own world, you know, actually see things out there. And having done that more over the last several years, you, you start to just look at the world different too. So, you know, I'd gone back over and read through Acts and uh, some of, you know, Paul's letters to the Corinthians, the Romans, and it's just amazing how much uh, credit he's given because he has a connection point, whether it's through ethnicity, through, uh, you know, his prior religious beliefs, through his understandings of what the Jewish faith is, now what the Christian faith is, being a being a citizen of Rome, on, and he ends up being invited into and given credibility because he has these understandings that have now shaped the worldview. If he chose not to, or if God chose somebody else to do that work, they might knock on a door and it may, may not be open to them. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. Um, well, Paul's whole life was set up like that. And yeah. also, I just realized, too, that I messed up. Um, I have no problem admitting that. I said, Luke, I meant to say X. So thank you for the correction. You're welcome. Um, He's had a long week, ladies and gentlemen. Man, please, have we not all? No, I feel great. <sighs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Yeah, anyway, no. but yeah, no, we, Paul had, he had both sides of the coin. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he was a Jew, uh, but he was in a, a Romanized colony mm-hmm. and, and that gave him access to go places and do things that most folks would not be able to do. Right. right. And I, I think that obviously, you know, God set that up yeah. um, and he was able to make it happen. And because of that, we were able to birth the entire capital C church and all the lowercase C churches of the time. Um, and without that, who knows what would have happened, to be perfectly honest with you, yeah. and who knows how it would have happened. Um, who knows if it would have made its way back over to other places or actually finally made it into Europe, and then mm-hmm. um, they would be in touch with people from Africa, and then that stuff would finally make its way all the way over here after somebody um, really jacked it up, in my personal opinion, uh, from, from, from Latin. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on. We could have that conversation. But, yeah, again, there's a lot that needs to be appreciated in yeah. that. Um, and even to, and I, you know, I say it all the time, it's just like, um, even to the extent of being willing to say that our American eyes and views and perspectives have really kind of watered down the intense, um, the, 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 the saturated, uh, context and content of, of the Bible itself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like reading it through American eyes, you can still get a, a decent filter, but when you know that you know that you know what actually happened then as opposed to everything that's happening now, it grants a different type of perspective that I think a lot of people need to see. And I think that also translates to, again, um, us knowing the history of different cultures of different peoples as well. Because if not, then why would somebody um, expect to, to have a deeper understanding of, of what it is to be uh, a, an African-American man in this country or why would they expect to understand what it means to be a Hispanic woman in this country or why would it right. they expect even the, the thing that that cracks me up so much is um, white is not always white you know what I'm saying yeah you know that, that's one of the things that, that I, I I had to learn how to wrap my head around because you know somebody who has uh, um, you know roots from like Finland Mm-hmm. Has, is not has nothing compared to somebody who has roots from from England. Has nothing compared to right. people who have roots from you know and from, that's from Australia. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah, 
Just and, just pick the country. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. folks don't talk about that though. No. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you're looking at anything, it's just usually looking at somebody else's color. And even then, we need to have that conversation because somebody who has skin as, as dark as, as night doesn't necessarily mean they came from Africa. They might have migrated from Africa, but people have planted in so many different places. Sure. You know what I'm saying? People have planted in some of the darkest folk I ever saw were in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you look at some of the, the baseball players. Yeah, and... you know what I'm saying? You know, the craziest one for me, hmm. um, the the craziest migration, I think it happened Don't in the say early... Sammy Sosa. No, not at all. Okay. Because <laughs> that one is crazy. Yeah, no, it is. No, that's, that's <laughs> not, I don't know what you call that. I, they call um, it bleaching. Well, I mean, we've seen it once before. <laughs> Chill out. Uh, R.I.P. Mike. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, uh, in the early 1900s, and I didn't know this until uh, I was working at Ocean Lakes one day, and I was calling down a student, and she came into the office, and I looked at her. She was a cute little black girl, and I pulled her up, and I looked at her last name, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Her last name was Chin Loy. And I was like, Chin Loy? Like, where are you you from? And she's like, Jamaica. And I was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I had to go and I had to go do uh do my homework and, and do the research and come to find out yeah in the early 1900s there were a lot of Chinese migrated uh to and ended up uh settling in Jamaica and they stayed there uh and apparently they like what they saw too <laughs> yeah. so, well I mean bam, yeah, there you have it opportunity presents and, and people will find love yeah exactly. um you know it's it's really Something that Americans take for granted. You talk about how the West can filter out some of the stuff when it comes to scripture. What's weird is we, we filter stuff out when it comes to culture too. Yeah. We're we're in such a unique environment where we live in a country that brings people together from all other countries. We have an opportunity to experience so many different cultures, so much so that a place like Bush Gardens will create little little areas that kind of represent you go down to Disney World and they have the walk of the world and you get to walk around and we want to experience those things but then the moment we leave the, the amusement park we don't care anymore like we just wanna we want everyone to have an American experience like don't speak your language don't cook your food don't don't you know practice your religion like everyone needs an America needs to be America and we have such a unique opportunity to be the most culturally diverse and culturally aware country in the world and we choose not to be and you know i've been watching some some different things recently uh we watched a couple documentaries one of them i would definitely recommend called american factory um i don't know if i had told you about this or not it's on netflix okay so basically uh it's uh in dayton ohio uh after the great recession uh the gm plant closes down and they lose you know thousands of jobs Fast forward to 2013, and a Chinese company opens up a glass manufacturing plant in that same facility, hires a bunch of people, but they bring over a bunch of workers from China to help train and kind of, you know, bring their their culture of work ethic to the American factory. And you see this crazy collision of cultures, not only just from social aspect but from a work standpoint and from a uh, government standpoint and from a policy standpoint because the stuff that workers have to go through because of the regulations being almost non-existent in China is completely different than what 
their experience was now here. These these Americans only work eight hours a day. They only do that. They only, and so it's it's wild watching this, and it oh, opens up your eyes to the, wow. to the different cultures. And then we watched a, a second documentary called Honeyland, which takes place in Macedonia, and this is available on Hulu for all you people who have Hulu, and it's just totally nuts. It's basically this this woman who lives like pretty much all alone in this desolate. They basically look like ruins in Macedonia. She's hours from the nearest big city, and she just harvests bees and their honey, and then takes the honey to like the city and sells it in the markets and comes back. And she can't go anywhere. She can't leave because her mother is um, bedridden, um, has some disease. I mean, it's it's almost like leprosy or something. Like she's blind in an eye. She has a wow. you know band. It's and this is this is happening in our world. Like this is something that. Jamie and I are both watching this going what is this is this is in our this is in our world like we're so closed off to what the rest of the world actually looks like and yet we have a greater opportunity than almost any other people in the world to learn about that (laughs) right you know that's there's a lot to be said about the stuff we need to learn yeah and so we won't have time to touch on all of that. Matter of fact, we could talk about this all day, but you're talking about films and things of that nature. Let's transition. Both of these films are nominated for Best Documentary, and we would be remiss, at least I would. Jordan probably is like, whatever. Uh, I would Let be remiss have if, I did not talk about, time. if I did not talk about the Oscars this week because it is Oscar week. And Let Devin be his, his you own know, Maxine Waters Listen, <laughs> whether you like it or not, it's still like the second most watched thing in the world next to the Super Bowl. So, sure. you know, so it is relevant and it's culturally relevant. Of course it is. And over the the recent years, the big debate has been is it diverse enough? Right? That's been the big thing and um, you know, I've certainly wondered it as well and uh, but it also brings up some interesting things. There were some articles I was reading this week where they're still talking about, you know, have the Oscars done enough? Is it diverse enough? Cuz this year Outside of one Best Picture nominee, Parasite, which is incredible, uh, everything is pretty much from the perspective of uh, a white man's story, and then you can throw in uh, Little Women. So, you know, there's basically seven movies that are, you know, Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, Irishman, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's basically all from the perspective of white male culture, Mm. uh, except for, for two of them. And then, you know, versus the last handful of years. And what is interesting is that I do think, while the nominees have certainly not been diverse enough, some of the winners have been. I mean, when True. We, we think about last year, Green Book won. Now, you know, there's some divisiveness that surround that movie, but it's still at least dealing with some of the racial issues. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, we had uh, The Shape of Water won. The year before that, which very very strange movie, but very much a movie about uh, you know lack of diversity or lack of understanding or mm-hmm. uh, a uh, a way to have the people who are currently in power kind of hold down uh, the the minority status. Right. Yeah, I remember that. You know, I definitely do. Um, what was it? Moonlight. The yeah, Moonlight one. Oh, that was. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. Like the fact that that won that year. I mean, it was it was. Yeah. I think everyone was kind of shocked. Plus, the way it went down was hilarious. That, you know, that, that was kind of what I was getting <laughs> at. Um, uh, no. But you had the first superhero movie nominated was Black Panther, 
Dark Knight didn't even get nominated. Black Panther was the first one that got nominated. Like that's it, really cool. It won cool. something too, right? Um, it might have won. I think it won like soundtrack. It, it, yeah, I think it did win maybe best original song or something like okay. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's been more and more, um, but it's it's still not good enough. And some of the numbers that I was looking at was eight years ago, there were 5,700 Oscar uh, voters, basically mm-hmm. part of the Academy. Okay. 94% were white. 77% were men. 54% were 60 plus. <laughs> Oddly, that's, I mean, you know, sounds a lot like the Iowa caucus, but uh, then, <laughs> no, I mean, that's just statistical. I that's know, what know, it I was. Know, know. Um, so today, 32% are, are women, 16% are minorities. That's still not enough, right? It's, right, right. it's still not enough, but yeah. they have been, they've been trying. Uh, in 2014, they only added 115 new members. In 2018, it was 928, and in 2019, it was 842. They're trying to bring in yeah. younger, more diverse, um, you know. And it's it's gonna take time, and that's what's always interesting. Whenever you want to be a driver of change, you know, it can, change can never come fast enough. True, you know. And True. but I think there's a reason for that because if you don't keep that type of you know oh, drive, you, you lose. Th- then then change is not gonna continue. Yeah, absolutely. So you you have to keep that. You know, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that it's um, it it's like the climate of the cultures, and and I use that uh, kind of as the metaphor there, is is something that's always very delicate initially. Yeah. And so it's like, and when I say climate, like for example, let's just say one day Africa goes from being like the hottest joint on the face of the earth, and then the next day, like the temperature is thirty five degrees, mm. like it, the plant life dies. Uh, the people aren't ready for it. They're not prepared. And so mm-hmm. they don't have anything to cover themselves. So a lot of them might get frostbite. They might die, you know. And then um, as much as I can admit there's a need for change in a lot of different situations in this world, I believe that they're not going to happen overnight. And I also believe they shouldn't happen overnight. Right. Um, you know, even in the Bible, like uh, when when folks were getting ready to, who was it, like uh, the Israelites, when they were getting ready to take over and get the, the promised land and then everything else that came after it, like God always said he was going to go ahead of them. But he also said he was going to be slow and it was going to be gradual uh, because I think that they would not have been prepared had they got it all at once. And I think that it's the same thing in a situation like this, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I know it sounds like it's not calling it menial, but, you know, for right. the sake of, in, in the grand scheme of things, nobody dies if that doesn't change tomorrow. Sure. Or nobody dies sure. if it doesn't change five years from now. Right. Um, but at the same time, though, it is... Uh, I believe it's even a corporate understanding mm-hmm. uh, in a sense for them that they know dang well uh, that something has to change because they are recognizing now, you know, and I don't know exactly what it was that sparked their recognition. Maybe it mm-hmm. was hashtag Oscar so white. Um, it, it was some <clears throat> of that. Uh, a lot of it came about during 12 years of slave and the incredible yeah, okay. run that that movie went on mm-hmm. and that kind of burst onto the scene. And since then, we have seen a because because this is what I will say the Oscars are weird in the sense that it is not a popularity or a money making competition. Right. It is very much a a smug uh, and you know a taste. Yeah. You know, I mean, basically you say, contest. It's, it's, like like this that is what like, we like. When real recognizes real, like it's what you do when you actually appreciate the art of a thing, correct? Not just yeah mainstream, which is why I. I Right, like it, watching the Grammys because or, that sucker's fake. Right. Anyway. Um, yeah, and and so you know, and I was I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, why why would it take so long? Because we've we've seen 
major cultural changes. I mean, you know, let's think about um, the alternative lifestyle movement. Just the acceptance of that over the last 20 years is faster than the civil rights movement. Like, like the amount of rights and cultural and social norms that have taken over, say, 20 years ago versus today, like just having same-sex couples on television, having, you know, just it being part of culture now, mm-hmm. w- <laughs> that moves so much faster than civil rights. Of course it did. And so I, I'm, I was kind of wondering, like, well, how long would it maybe take the Academy? And what's interesting to me is that let's think about the lifespan and the career, you know, kind of length for people who make film mm-hmm. or producers who are, who are in charge. Because ultimately it comes down to the people who are in charge, right? Well, Scorsese has been making films for 40 years. As far as we know, he'll probably make them for another 10. You know, <laughs> sure. I mean, just yeah. your, your your relevancy as a director, producer, as somebody who is, is actually holds power in Hollywood is like a 50-year time frame. It's not like sports where it's like 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's not like singing where... You know, uh, if you have a great voice, you know, you kind of have like maybe a, a 10 or 15 year run. Um, it's very different than those. You can actually just it, this can be your entire lifetime. And I think that's why it takes it's a larger ship. It takes a longer time to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree. Um, and I say that a lot of it uh, in other arenas can be rela- can be related to a bunch of stuff. And I think some of it is 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 financial. Um, but I, I don't think that's the case here. Like I said, I think this is a case, one of the cases where it is it's much more pure. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you're dealing. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's probably politics involved. And oh, there's definitely politics, but yeah. the, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pandering and a lot yeah. of planning. And so, yeah. like one of the questions I wanted to ask you. So I grew up loving movies and being a, a, a nerd, and obviously I really like the Oscars. Okay, I mm-hmm. just enjoy it. Do you or do 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 black people in general? Do they care? <laughs> You're funny. Um, like, is it a big deal? Yeah. At the end of the day, you know what? For those who can appreciate, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that's, I don't think that that's a black thing. I'm, I, I like the fact that you asked that question specifically because when it comes down to it, um, there is, uh, I think there's a curiosity of, of whether or not most of, 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 of the black folks out there are really culturally aware. Right. Or do they give a cultural darn about... Uh, just about anything, and that would include that. And I would say, yeah, to be perfectly okay. honest with you, um, just do you, like you do know, you last think year. it's more recent. And the reason why I ask that is because I really do believe that when when twelve years won, that was a, a tipping point. It was like, oh my gosh, we actually have like a seat at the table here. Like we actually might be relevant. Okay, you just you, you kind of hit the nail dead on the head there. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yes, and I will also say I, I don't speak for all black folks, but right. I, I I can say that uh, the awareness kicks in a lot more when there is somebody that has either the grandstand or you know is able to to finally get that quote unquote breakthrough. Right. Uh, because if not, I'm, I'll be perfectly honest with you, uh, the mindset of 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 the culture and it's it's very much a phenomenon is usually okay if i don't see me there then i don't need to worry about being there or sure or, or it itself right um a, a big big part of that was was definitely obama in 08 yeah okay um, you know when when it looked like there was a possibility all of a sudden we smell blood in the water i guarantee you 
folks that probably had never gone out to vote or hadn't voted in years because, you know, they just felt like their voice wasn't going to be heard. They showed up to the polls. Yeah. You know, and I think that that produced and pushed the the, the next eight years. And okay. Then just not that four years. Um, I can I can definitely say the same thing when it comes to uh, uh, what was it? Was it last year? Uh, Regina King. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When, yeah, when, yeah. When she won, I know mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I saw a couple of people's ears perk up, yeah. you know. And um, it just as as this continues to move on, you know, it's not even yeah. that conversation. It's in sports now. The big thing with the NFL, the fact that there's a huge lack of black ownership yeah. uh, for the teams. You know, th- who was worried about this? Who was even having this conversation mm-hmm. uh, until somebody, like, finally stepped in and said something? And then on top of that, who was it? Um, uh, the Rock messed around and put it on ballers. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you, you watch, like, you know, Spencer, and he, he exposed a whole bunch of stuff. It wasn't right. just about right. black ownership. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like... I will I'll level it at this um, because it, it's going to sound almost unfair, but I feel like it's absolutely necessary. This is almost just like the Kanye conversation again. Um, <laughs> it's you should never dismiss the power of one voice. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, when that voice is a voice that's already out there and it's so well known and so known well at the same time, because mm-hmm. there's certain people I don't want speaking on my behalf. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Um, True. Yeah. True. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So well-known is one thing, but mm-hmm. you know, you can be well-known and still be absolutely psycho. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, when it's so well-known and it's known well, and then they say something and people begin to take notice, yeah. um, that's when a movement can occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, without that, you can still do something that's called pioneering. And pioneering is much more different. It's mm-hmm. like, Back when folks were really trying to figure what was out west way back in the day, and you right. know, you, you ever anybody who ever played the Oregon Trail when we were kids, you know, <laughs> well, what what pioneering like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what pioneering feels like. Which I feel like <laughs> is is starting to happen because when I think about dysentery, you need to go dysentery starting to happen, it's starting to set in. <laughs> yeah. I think you know you bring up the word pioneer, and I I'm seeing what Jordan Peele is doing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm seeing what um, uh, Kugler's doing. And I'm seeing what, you know, Barry Jenkins are doing. These guys who who are not only winning awards, but they're gaining power to make the films they want to make in the mm-hmm. way that they want to make them. And so what I'm finding to be interesting is I, I do think that there needs to be more diversity within the Academy itself, obviously. But I'm also curious, like, what percentage of, you know, young Black kids are, are growing up going, oh man, I want to I want to be in Hollywood. And it that percentage is probably smaller than maybe, you know, other other groups. Um, because we've seen, like, for instance, uh, a Hispanic, a, a Mexican director has one best director, I think. What did I tell you? Five of the last six years? Yeah. So clearly there's something about the Hispanic culture that that they've been driven to making films. We're seeing that with uh, Bong Joon-ho this year with uh, Parasite and South Korea and the films they're making. Like those things are happening within those cultures. So I wonder, is that what's happening in the black culture or is that just kind of starting? Because I watched the Grammys two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. No one would say that the Grammys are so white. It wouldn't be hashtag Grammy so white. Mm-hmm. But that's because culturally black people have adored music and been a part of the conversation and been a part of moving it forward True. forever. Mm-hmm. That's not been true of movies. And I'm wondering, is it because... Hollywood hasn't allowed it, which I'm not discrediting. Of course, that's part of it. But has has the community has the black community really wanted to be a part of it up until recently, which is amazing because some of the best films and, and television I've seen is because of, of people who are coming in who are people of color making these works. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll 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 level it 
because again, I, I do not represent all black people. Sure. Um, but I will level it at saying God has a plan for each and every person on the face of this earth. Mm-hmm. And the very infrastructure, the development, the the foundation of the identity of a person um, will give them the passion to pursue a certain thing. Um, and this is kind of going to go in a left field direction, but just, just, just hear me out. Um, we now live in a society where there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of concern um, when someone realizes that they are called to do something. <laughs> Um, and, and the main reason is because, I'm sorry, it's the biblical model, just like Jesus, uh, when you recognize what you're called to, you automatically know there's going to be adversity. Yeah. There's going to be pain. There's going to be strife. There may be suffering and lack sometimes, and there will definitely be rejection. Mm-hmm. Take this cup from me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah, it's man. hard to or follow just, that calling. Well, you know, not only that, but you know, there's yeah. the people that love and hate you at all times. You know, one week they say sure. Hosanna, the next week they say crucify him. Yeah. Let Barabbas yeah. live. He's a murderer. He's all right. He's cool. Right. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, what I at least understand within myself from my experience, the stuff that I know that I'm called to do and purpose to do, the stuff that I've seen. Um, many people, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, walk out in, in their own lives is that um, in, in the face of that, you must be able to withstand. Um, but in the process of withstanding, you also have to trust that there will always be an advocate. Just like we have the Holy Spirit as an advocate. Wait, Terry, keep it moving. When somebody finally sees you, they'll say something. And I think that's a big deal. Um, I used to call that the Oprah Winfrey complex. Yeah. You got to remember what she used to do. She used to put people on all the time. Rachel Ray, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, uh-huh. um, Tyler, uh, even Yala Van Zant, uh, for the most part. Tom like, Cruise up on that couch? No. Um, <laughs> she used to put all of them on. Yeah. And the thing was, she had to work real hard to get where she was. You don't say. And then, yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. then she creates a slipstream. I honestly think yeah. she had a pretty good deal to do with Obama getting in office. Y'all forget oh, that, that, oh yeah, no, that, like that yeah, interview, you're you know absolutely right. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, but you know, now that I'm officially going to get to level it, you know, I, I think that what that ultimately means is even if you feel like it's not your place, if it's in your heart and you know it, you should still go for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's the whole thing. I think what happened was God graced us with these opportunities now by giving that exposure. Mm-hmm. And now maybe it's starting to chip away and tap at the hearts of some yeah. people. I'm like, oh, you know what? I really yeah. should be pursuing that. Uh-huh. I don't just have to, you know, and the, like Biggie Smalls would, would, would tell you in his stories, where you come from in, in his culture, you either sing a crack, crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. Mm-hmm. And then somebody figured out how to rap. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that those are the three things you have to do in the hood. No. Now, maybe they can come back and realize, like a Jeffrey Canada is telling folks, yo, you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can right. be this, the, that, and the other. But they didn't see anything. No. Now, maybe they're starting to see it. Yeah, someone has to go ahead of you yeah. to see, wow, wait, this is what's possible? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think ultimately that's what a lot of that is going to be tied to. Right. And, you know, I can't wait to see the next great um, actor, you know, yeah. the great director. Um, I got a, a baby boy of mine, uh, Rob. He's a comedian and does a whole lot of stuff too. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm amazed because he's another one who's been working really, really hard to try and get himself out there and make it happen. And it's starting to happen. He's been in national commercials. He's done a couple of other things. And we're, yeah. just, we're proud of him over in our, in cool. our camp. But um, I, I think that ultimately what it's going to come down to is once you realize um, you have to make sure that you really do everything you can to prepare to equip 
uh, to set forth the power of your voice. Yeah. Because one day, um, whether you like it or not, you will have your opportunity. Yeah. And your opportunity can be a grandstand or your or it can be a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. That's totally up to you. Yeah. No, so. I, I and I actually I mean there's a part of me that, that actually thinks it's cool because uh, you know, the hashtag Oscar So White, it doesn't show up unless people are actually starting to kind of care about it. And I've cared about it for a long time and seeing people care about it. It, that's cool for me. Like I, I'm like, oh, this is this isn't negative. This is good. This means people actually care. Yeah. Like 20 years ago, no one would that, that wouldn't have been a hashtag because I don't think people really cared that way. You gotta um, remember that's exactly how the Me Too movement happened. Exactly. Yeah. 14 yeah. years in the making before. I know. And then and then boom. Yeah. It happened. And yeah. so you know, I'm kind of encouraged by it. And I think um, you know, just there's actually something extremely encouraging by the fact that one of the front running films is a foreign language movie from. Uh, South Korea like it has a legitimate chance to win uh, some serious awards and that's never happened before and that in it in its own right I mean that's probably even a bigger hurdle having to read subtitles than <laughs> than to, to go <laughs> yeah. watch a movie with people who just don't look like me yeah you know yeah I, I think that that's pretty that's an encouraging sign cool. so, yeah. good man yeah 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 thank you guys again for tuning in um, and again, we got a lot of great stuff that's happening. Uh, have some interviews coming up in the next few weeks as well. Uh, and then we're going to have some more conversations about some things that we need to be talking about. Uh, but I know I, for one, am excited again for the year. As we continue to move on, we're going to roll some things out. We are having some conversations right now. Uh, so I won't speak on it too, too much, but let's just say I'm really excited about uh, some possible partnerships and some projects that we are working on. I'll put it that way. Uh, just to tune in, continue to, to give us your support and encouragement, give us your feedback. Some of y'all are really good at that, and we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do. <laughs> we definitely do. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I guess until next time, please continue to remember to be inspired to inspire, because that's what the Inspired One does. I'm Jordan. I'm Kevin. Well, I'll let you next time. Appreciate you, man. Peace. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode of Eye to Eye. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises, on Insta at Eye to Eye Podcast. That's the letter I underscore the number two underscore the letter I podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Leave those five stars and a generous review because you love us and want us to be great as we do you. Thank you once again for rocking with us. And remember, be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Was that good, Little Bear? Did I do it? Did I do that? Did I like the, the nice white people with the good voices? No? I was just not going to say nothing. Okay, fine. (sighs) Thank you again, guys. 
See you next week.